Welcome to episode 56 of How About the Muskies. I'm Connor. I'm joined by Matt and Andrew tonight. And we got another very exciting game to recap for you guys. The number one, don't forget, the number one ranked UConn Huskies. Welcome to number 18 Creighton Blue Jays to Gamble and just obliterated them defensively. It was an absolute clinic by Danny Hurley's Huskies. 62-48 to 48 the final. I mean, Creighton had 48. You could argue they hit some threes late. They could have been held under 40 the way we were guarding them. Just... Not what you see from us. Obviously, you think of UConn and Dan Hurley. He's a defensive-minded coach, but Creighton's a team that came in averaging 80 points per game. I easily expected this game to be in at least the 70s, but defense proved me wrong. I mean, everyone did well defensively. Offensively, there were a couple of struggles we'll get into, but overall, I mean, you'd beat a top 25 team and arguably your biggest competitor in the Big East this season by 14 at home. You probably, they led by as many as 22. I'm not saying they took the foot off the gas. They could have easily made that a 20 point win. What, how do you guys feel after seeing that? I mean, I certainly didn't expect it to go the way it did. Yeah, I was honestly a little surprised, especially, you know, Creighton this year. They're a dark horse for me, essentially, you know, go to the final four, you know, make a deep run in March Madness. So the way that we kind of just handled them as if, you know, they were a Georgetown or a Butler kind of surprised me. Um, I guess that does happen, though, when you are the number one team in the country. I guess we are that good. It's hard as a fan to kind of truly soak in how good your team is when you watch them every day. So, you know, it's just proof that their hard work is paying off and, you know, that the pieces are all kind of in place. And, well, I've talked about Hurley a million times on this podcast, but you just can't express how good of a job he's done putting the right group of guys together and getting the most out of these guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say I was expecting it, but $2 beer night, whiteout, first game when all the students were back on campus, you knew the place was going to be rowdy. So obviously that was that was a big factor. But, I mean, I was just surprised on how good our defense was in general because I feel like this year our main struggle has been our defense because we put up points no problem. I mean, people can go get buckets whenever they want, but I feel like our defense has been – not great, but that was some of the best defense of any basketball I've seen in a long time. I mean, it, they, it was suffocating. They were Everybody was all over the place. Creighton couldn't get good shots. I mean, they went on a huge, huge drought where they didn't score for at least like four or five minutes. And that, that's what wins you ball games. I mean, you can't, you can't win games if you don't play defense. So I think, like, I'm more obviously happy that we won, but I'm more impressed with our, our defense from last night because I feel like that was what Hurley made clear in his meetings for that game was we need to play good defense and we did and we kicked the crap out of them. Well, in our best defensive performance of the season against arguably I'd say the best offensive team we face, Kansas is good offensively, so is Carolina. But Creighton with the way they can score in bunches like we've seen, I'd say the best offensive team we faced. What's the biggest difference between the game last night and I'd say Hmm, the past five games. There's a dude in the middle named Donovan Klingon. Donovan Klingon, Kling Kong, 15 minutes in his return off the bench, his first game since getting hurt in that Seton Hall game about a month ago. He, like I said, 15 minutes, six points, three of eight from the field. He kind of forced a couple of shots down low. He really, it's tough to score over Ryan Kalkbrenner. We know that he's a great defensive center. He had, I believe, three or four blocks. Kalkbrenner did, so really tough to score on him. But yeah, it's three for eight from the field. He had five rebounds, two fouls, 15 minutes, and Hurley said that was the maximum he was going to play. He hit his quota, and he was he wouldn't have gone anymore. 
But I'm just really happy to see him back out there. I feel like we all expected kind of when he went down, when they gave the timeline, we circle this Creighton game against Clockbrenner. We need him out there because Samson, he played 23 minutes. He had four points. He also had four fouls and only three rebounds. So he kind, he didn't have an awful game. He he did limit Clockbrenner. Clockbrenner only had, I believe, 11 points in this one. So he did limit his touches down there. But this is a game you need a Donovan Klingon to match up with Clockbrenner. I feel like he did that very well. See some of the other guys that performed for the Huskies. Tristan Newton had 16 points. He had a lot in the first half, I believe. Him and Cam combined for 21 of our 32 first half points, something like that. He finished with 16, 8, and 5. Cam had 13. That mid-range shot, I feel like, is automatic with him. I I don't remember. I mean, I, I said this in the first half when he, he also ended up missing a few. I don't think he ever missed a mid-range shot. I said that in the first half, but he missed a couple in the second half. The offense kind of took a hit, but... Alex Caravan didn't score in the first half. He had 13 points in the second half. So really, it's guys stepping up in each half that really propelled us to the win. Stefan Castle had a solid game. We'll get to him in a minute. But overall, three guys in double figures out of 62 points. That's an overall great team win. And I just want to give a quick shout-out to Tristan Newton because he was a guy that we were kind of unsure about um, whether or not, you know, he would pick up to his form, preseason form, end of last year for him. I was pretty confident in him. Um, he led the team against Creighton in nearly every statistical category. He had the most points with 16. He had eight rebounds, which was tied for the tied for the lead with Castle. He had uh, five assists, which led the team. He had two steals, which tied for the team lead. Overall, I mean, this is what you need out of him. If you're gonna, you know, make another deep run in March, you need guys like Tristan Newton to come out there and be that all Big East player that you know and uh, put the team on his back a little bit when, you know, everybody else is kind of falling behind. Yeah, and it's not every every game is a different guy. Tristan Newton was the guy with 16 tonight, but I don't think he's a clear best player on this team. I mean, you could argue talent-wise it's a guy like Klingon or like leadership-wise a guy like Newton, a fifth year who won a title last year, but – if we're number one in the Big East, I mean, you figure we got to have someone in the Big East Player of the Year running. Just You have to if you're the top team in the conference. Uh, who is that going to be? I mean, you could argue we should have like a co-player a co of the year between Spencer Newton, Caravan, throw Klingon in there. Who cares? I mean, we don't have a clear best player. I feel like last year, Sonogo was our 1A. Hawkins was our 1B. Then the others kind of trickled in. Jackson was up there, but not quite the talent level of Hawkins and Sonogo offensively, but... This year, there's a bunch of guys that can hit, hurt you for many ways. We got three dudes averaging around 15. I mean, there's not many teams in the country that can say that. Creighton is one of them, and we held all of their guys to, I believe, a combined like 30 or whatever it is out of their big three, Shireman, Kalkbrenner, Alexander. But, yeah, I don't know if there's a clear best player on this team, and I kind of love that. It's You don't know – you don't need one person to go off, and if that one person doesn't go off, you lose the game. It felt like that was new and early in the year. Like you mentioned, the Kansas game, he had 31 or 32, and we ended up losing – but Spencer's kind of grown up since then. Caravan, I mean, there's no clear best player, and I love it. Yeah, I was going to say the one thing I love about this team, too, is that they don't really seem to care that there's no, you know, top guy, that they're that they're not the top guy. I mean, obviously, we had concerns about Castle at the start of the year being kind of that selfish sort of I-need-the-ball kind of player, but he has slid, uh, slid pretty well right into that role. Um, He is kind of... Been that glue guy of sorts. He can do a little bit of everything. He'll pull up from deep behind the three-point line. He'll make some nice passes. He'll get in there and rebound. He's kind of everything you need. 
Um, Caravan could put up 20 shots a night if he wanted, but he doesn't want to. I mean, even guys like Hassan Diara, who's been on fire as of late, he takes the right shots, like you were saying. He doesn't force anything. You need guys to buy in, and I think that's part of the reason this team is so good is everybody seems to have bought into the system. And going off right off what Matt just said, the the whole buying into the system thing, like there's such a big difference between this year and last year and then any other team before that in the Hurley era, and that's the team chemistry. I mean, last year the team went to Oregon, won a tournament. They have fantastic chemistry, obviously go on to win a national championship. This year they went to Europe, played there, won a, won a small tournament here, um, the Empire Classic, and they're playing fantastic now. So it's really the, the team chemistry I really have loved this year. I mean, they all play together. It's no, like what Connor said, there's no I'm the best player on the team. I mean, I'm not going to name drop anybody, but we've had that before. Everybody knows that we've had people like that before, but we really don't anymore. And honestly, that's why we're winning. And that's why those teams all those years ago didn't. And it's just plain and simple as that. But I, these two teams last year and this year are some of my favorite teams, I think of all time. It's because of their chemistry. I feel like you see that chemistry and you see that playing as one on the court. I mean, the sequence I'm never going to forget is, early in the second half, maybe three or four minutes in, we forced them, Creighton, into back-to-back shot clock violations. And they really didn't even get close to getting a shot off either time. I mean, that's when you know you're in their heads. They're not coming back. Gamble was going wild after all those. I feel like every defensive stop, I remember Klingon, like, blocked a three-pointer that led to a fast-break layup. It was just the defense was clicking. That's, that's what you get when you have a team that's all connected with one goal in mind to win a national championship, win the game. Whatever, whatever goal you have in the immediate – present for the immediate future I mean it was very evident last night against Creighton and I feel like we're going to see similar defensive efforts the rest of the way I mean it's a small sample size but on Kempom our defense we were ranked 41st I believe 42nd or 41st in the country going into the game that's without clinging over the past month or so so that took a hit but after one game and holding Creighton to 48 points we're already jumped 10 spots in the defense in Kempom so yeah we're I'm not saying Klingon's the reason for that. Obviously, there everyone, I think, had played their best defensive game. Cam Spencer's hedging all those screens going out, deflecting passes. I mean, there's a couple – I believe it was Klingon. I don't remember exactly. Just deflected inbound passes out of bounds. It's just – the defense is something we've never seen, even from a Danny Hurley team. But I want to talk about, real quick, how Creighton guarded us, and then we'll kind of move on from this game. We'll talk about the bench, too. We didn't really touch upon that. But – off rip, Kalkbrenner just stands under the hoop. There's no defensive three seconds in college basketball. So he can just stand under there all you want. I mean, he's the game plan for them is to leave a guy open on the perimeter. Usually it's the big man. I mean, Samson Johnson took a three in the first like minute of the game. He didn't hit it, but he's a guy that can knock that shot down. We saw in past years. He, that's the first one he's taken all year, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, he took a three early. They were leaving Castle open all game and for frankly, they probably should. He's not a great three-point shooter. He did hit one in the second half. But he went one for five, two for 12 from the field. But that defensive strategy doesn't work. I mean, last year, you have a guy like Andre Jackson that did that against. I mean, we still beat them. I mean, they got to realize we're UConn. We're going to find the open shooter, even if the open shooter is a guy. If it's Castle, he'll just drive in and kick to another open guy. I mean, I don't know. This was a weird defensive strategy to me by Creighton, and I feel like we exposed it well. Even with Klingon in there, I really thought Klingon was going to take a three with Kalkbrenner just hiding under the basket. Gamble would have erupted if he, his first shot back was his first career three. But 
all in all, we just dominated Creighton from start to finish. They're a talented team, like Matt said, potentially a Final Four sleeper, certainly a top three team in this conference. I feel like we're up there. They're, they're up there. Marquette, Seton Hall, sneakily up there. We'll talk about the Big East a little bit in a couple minutes here. But who else haven't we talked about? Diara, like you mentioned, another solid 5.6 rebounds. I mean, he just... This is a perfect sixth man for this team. Last year, he didn't play as much. This year, he's playing a massive role. And the freshman, we could talk about the freshman for a minute outside of Safan Castle, who played 33 minutes and will play 30-plus every game, most likely the rest of the year for the most part. Jalen Stewart played seven minutes. He's a guy who we weren't really sure what we were going to see with him, with uh, Klingon back, because obviously he didn't really play much when Klingon was in there, and now he... Klingon, of course, returns to Stewart. We weren't, will he be out there? He played seven minutes, but a guy that I want to talk about, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this as well. I wish I made up a prop, like a little missing or wanted poster I could hang right here. Where has Solomon Ball been the past three or four games? I mean, he just played three minutes against Cray, and he didn't score. He has one point in his past four games, I believe. I, I should have double-checked that, but he he doesn't look like a guy – if you were to tell like someone who hasn't seen a single game for us all year to go look and see who made nine or 10 starts for us in the non-conference, I don't think they pick out solo ball. I mean, it's not a knock on him. I feel like it's just we're getting deeper into the Big East play and Hurley's playing the more experienced guards. I mean, he's certainly a talented player, but I, I really expect him to play more than three minutes in a game. Yeah, and you're right. He does have all the talent in the world, but it's kind of uh... – it's kind of hard when he isn't getting the looks that he wants. I feel like that's just due to the fact, like the way that we play, we're not very explosive. We play a lot like the women's team play, in my opinion. We swing it around a lot. We take a lot of shots. We make a lot of shots, but they're great looks. But our team isn't built for guys flying towards the rim, uh, in my opinion. We're way more of like a, like a fundamental, like, like we're going to beat you on the pass kind of way. And Solomon Ball doesn't really fit into that. He is more of a, I'm going to cut to the basket, you're going to throw it up, and I'm just going to shove it in. But, I mean, in reality, it's like, why would you want to do that on any possession? It's, you know, you could get so many better looks from guys like Caravan, from guys like Newton, from guys like Spencer. He just kind of falls behind in the in the, in the the chart. So he, he just doesn't, you know, he's not a shooter. He didn't come in as a shooter. You can't force him to be a shooter. He's shooting 27% this year. Um he, he it just doesn't work and teams know that they know that they aren't gonna see our guys flying towards the rim we don't do much around the rim unless it's clinging or samson going up for a lob it's, it's a lot different from last year where we were very heavy with andre jackson and sonogo and clinging it's just a way different team and he just doesn't seem to fit um whether or not that'll change throughout the year i don't know whether or not he'll be here next year i, I don't know um, but you know, he's a very talented player. He just needs to hit a stride. Yeah. I feel like it's extremely beneficial for him to have played all those minutes, especially in the non-conference with castle out against Kansas. Like even if like, say a guy goes down, what if castles knee bothers him again? You're going to need solo ball. Even if you don't need him in this game versus Creighton, which clearly they don't, they're kind of content with, Pretty much a seven and a half man rotation kind of caravan playing 33 minutes, Stewart seven. That's pretty much one guy. I don't know, but really seven guys that are getting seven guys that are getting double digit minutes out there. I, I just, I feel like, well, this isn't, we've seen a couple of times last year 
where guys like Joey had a DMP against Seton Hall, and he came back and was one of our most impactful players. I feel like this is not the beginning of the end for solo ball. I feel like people might be thinking that, like, oh, no, he's not out there. We're not going to see him really at all the rest of the year. He's a freshman in Big East play. I feel like it's quite the opposite. I feel like he's going to have games where we're going to need him to score in double figures off the bench or just hit a clutch three. Like, he took a three when he checked in. It didn't fall, but I don't know. I, I just – I'm not worried about solo ball's minutes, even if he doesn't play a little bit now that we're 100% healthy. He's certainly – Certainly a top eight, I guess, maybe nine. Stewart's kind of passed him on the depth chart, it feels like. Certainly a top nine player, eight player on this team. And you need those type of guys to get to March. You won't, you can't rely on seven guys to get you to March Madness. You can maybe rely on those seven guys in the NCAA tournament. But you need guys like Solo Ball and Jalen Stewart to perform if you want to get – we're going to get to March Madness anyways. I don't know where I was going with that point. They're, they're going to be a top five seed at least, but – uh, I'm done rambling on that. Let's move on to a segment we did last year, and it completely backfired. When will we lose our next game? We did this last year after we started like 14 or 15-0. and 0. They lost to Xavier the next game, but I want to hear what you guys think. I'll list off the next handful. I'll list off the next, I don't know how many games. I have the schedule up in front of me. Obviously, the game we're going to preview in a few minutes here at Villanova is up next on Saturday. We play... At home versus Xavier, at home versus Providence. You play at St. John's, at MSG, home versus Butler, at Georgetown, at DePaul, and then home versus Marquette. That's That takes us about a month away. So I want to hear what you guys think. When's the next time, if any of those games, UConn takes a loss? It's one of two games. Um, it's either going to be the 20th at Villanova, because that's how this goes. And Villanova, you never really know what team you're going to get with them. So I want to... It wouldn't be the biggest surprise if we went there and lost. But outside of that, I can't see us losing. You guys are talking about St. John's. I, I don't think we're going to lose at the Garden, personally. I think our next loss would probably be against Marquette or at Creighton, one of those two games. See, I think it's going to be either the Villanova game because, like Matt said, we don't know what team we're going to get from them. Like last year, both of our matchups, we got not a great team. But the year before that, we got spanked at their place, I think. One year we got absolutely manhandled at their place. It was one of the worst games I've ever watched. But I, unlike Matt, I can see us losing that game at the Garden, honestly. Um, because I just think St. John's is angry. They're better. They have everybody back. And they've already played us, and they know our flaws. I mean, they know how to beat us. They know what they need to do to beat us. And Patino's a smart guy. And I also think that Johnny's fans are going to really show out at that game because of all this controversy that's happened with Pacino wanting the game uh, for, for our game next year at Carneseca and people thinking that's not going to happen to us beating them. And then people like Joel Soriano going on Twitter and saying stuff. So I think it's going to be a really tough game. I think we lose it and somebody from our team gets hurt. As much as I would hate for that to happen, it's just – I think it's it's written. Ouch. Well, I'm I'm thinking about this, and I don't want to – I don't want to predict it, but I feel like there's – every year there's that weird home game, like St. John's last year. Like, I don't think we should lose a home ever with the, our fans, and I don't think really any team should lose a home ever, in my, in my honest opinion, but – if we were to drop a random home game, I'm looking at that Xavier game at XL Center on uh, January 28th. If it were to be 
a game at home. I don't feel like we lose to a Marquette at home, especially if say we haven't lost up until that point. I don't envision a 23 and two UConn squad losing at home to Marquette. I just, I think we're a better team than Marquette. I can't envision it, but if I had to choose one game that I think we lose our, I guess it's also our next. I think it's that at Creighton game that make us 24 and two, which I mean, we've had seasons like that, but none that really any of us three remember in our program's history, but I don't know. I just, I feel like you, you, you mentioned Matt Nova, they could be good. They could really an up and down team. We could catch them on a hot night on Saturday, but I still feel like we're the better team. We beat them there last year. It's just, I feel like I felt a lot more like we'd lose a game at Butler or at Xavier than I do now looking ahead. I feel like, I don't know. It's weird. I'll say at Creighton, is our next loss, but to be a little more realistic, I'll stick with the home versus savior. Not that I want to see that happen, but we've been talking about this Villanova game. Let's, let's preview it. Huskies going to Wells Fargo center home of the Philadelphia 76. There's also Nova's second home, their version of the XL center, a little bigger and cooler than the XL center. But yeah, we mentioned Villanova. They're four and two in big East play. They've had some ups and downs all season. We're not a Philly school. So They'll probably beat us because they, they only lose to Philly schools, it feels like, outside of Iggy's play. Obviously, they've dropped a couple. But they're a team. They're one of our biggest rivals in this conference because they're one of the team, frankly, has been good for a while in this conference. I mean, looking at their – I'll go over who they played and where and what happened. They, in their Big East opener, they went to Creighton, who was number 12 at the time and won in overtime. They handled DePaul at home because everyone handles DePaul. They won by one against Xavier at home. I'm not sure which arena that was in. I want to say that was at the on-campus one. Uh, they lost by 10 at home against St. John's. They handled DePaul again because everyone handles DePaul. And then this past Monday against Marquette up in Milwaukee, they lost by 13. So 4-2 and two in Big East play, which is actually, I believe, yeah, third place. Us and Seton Hall are both 6-1. and one. After that, there's a bunch of like 500-level schools in Villanova's third, but – what do you guys think going into this one? Obviously, it's going to be a big-time matchup. It would have been on Fox, but there's this thing called the NFL, which took that from us. So it's flexed to FS1. It's still 8 o'clock on a Saturday night. It's I mean, it is competing with the NFL, Green Bay versus San Francisco. So there may not be the viewership, but the real Huskies fans, the real Big East fans are going to be tuned in. How are you guys feeling initially going into this next one? Any Big East road game is going to be torture. That's just how it is, um, especially – you know, a school like Villanova, their stadium, the, their fans, it's crazy. And they're a good, they're a great basketball school. You can't deny it. It's just scary to have to go there first, not being able to see them yet. Kind of having to, you know, pick up some of the guys that they have. Eric Dixon's always a threat, especially with Klingon coming off uh, the injury. I'm not sure what his minutes are going to look like. I'd assume anywhere from 15 to 20, um, maybe a slight increase, but I mean, it's 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 a scary game. Um, ESPN's matchup predictor only gives us a 52% chance to win, which has to be the slimmest margin by the number one ranked team to an unranked team I've ever seen. So, you know, they always know, and you can kind of just sense that it feels like that. UConn Villanova has been kind of building up this rivalry over the past few years. So I'm just hoping for a good game, you know, just get out there, dominate them on their court, and take it home. Now, I'd rather play at the Wells Fargo Center because it's not as big and um, loud as their on-campus one. I don't even know what it's called. 
But I feel like this is just a recipe for us to lose. I mean, being the number one team, coming off a huge win at home against Villanova at their place, like Matt said, having not seen them yet, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. Um, but in order to win, I feel like we're going to have to be perfect because they'll take advantage of our mistakes really quickly. And I, I just want to harp on Matt's point. I really don't like playing a team like Villanova without seeing them first. Like, as much as their losses to, like, Penn are weird, I, just, I still don't like playing them first. I don't know why, but it's it's going to be a tough game, but also a good game. And I will 100% be watching that over any of the stupid NFL playoff games. <laughs> yeah, obviously this year's Nova team, last year they were awful for their standards, didn't make the tournament, were under 500 most of the year. I don't know if they where they ended record-wise this year. I mean, they're better, but they're still not the Jay Wright Villanova squads that we've seen for the past 20 years. I mean, Kyle Neptune certainly improved in year two as head coach, but I mean, they brought in a bunch of transfers, arguably one of the top transfer classes in the country, but they're just, I don't want to say mid, but they're all averaging like nine, eight, seven. I mean, there's no, they didn't really hit a home run with any of them, like being stars. You mentioned Matt, Eric Dixon. He's the guy to watch out for averaging 15 points per game. He's a guy he could beat you from three for a big man. He's also like only like six eight, I think, for a big man. So he's a little undersized, but he's a big body. He's gonna be physical. It it'll be interesting to see the matchup with Samson slash Klingon. And I do agree we'll see a slight increase in Klingon's minutes, maybe reach that 20 mark. But I don't expect him to start this game. I expect him to return to the lineup against Xavier, which is I guess a week plus from now. But yeah, Eric Dixon, Justin Moore has been there forever. He's been a little banged up this year and his whole career. He's averaging 11.9 points per game. But after that, they have no one else averaging double figures. They got guys that are close, like TJ Bamba, who transferred over from Washington State. He's averaging nine. Jordan Longino has been there a couple of years, averaging 8.7. Uh, Burton, who's averaging 8.7. He was from Richmond. Uh, Mark Armstrong is averaging 8.5. So they got a bunch of guys right around that nine, eight mark. But, I mean, I don't know. That team really doesn't scare me much on paper uh, maybe i'm wrong but i agree it's really gonna be every big east row game is a challenge like i said i'm worried we'll lose at butler i'm worried we'll lose at xavier we played both those games fairly close i believe seven point game butler five point game xavier i feel like this nova team is better than both of those teams this is going to be certainly going to be a dog fight down in philly i think maybe we could jump over to our players to watch, unless you guys got any more thoughts on this one. Yeah, we'll just jump right into players to watch. Matt, you want to kick us off? Yeah, I'll go for it. Uh, mine's a pretty interesting one, just because I feel like this is a game for him, especially with solo balls minutes decreasing. I want to see Jalen Stewart uh, have a big of a a bit of a better offensive role. Offensive role. I'm all over the place. I want to see him have a bigger offensive role. I want him, you know, to play at least ten minutes, get a couple shots up at least he took no shots against Creighton so I want to see Jim Stewart come out I'm gonna I'm gonna make a prediction that he's gonna score 10 points so we'll go with that I like it I'm I'm gonna take Spencer I mean he's had so many good games one after another after another so I feel like he's just due for another good one I mean he did pretty well against Creighton last night when he was running to the student section, pumping his fist and stuff. But Spencer's going to be my guy to watch for tomorrow to put up at least 20. I'm going to go with Tristan Newton. He had 
couple of duds in a row. And he really made up with for it against Creighton. I don't I want to see him have another solid performance. I don't want to see him go back down to his no field goals or two for fifteen, but he makes ten free throws to make up for it. I want to see a twenty out of new and I we've seen him do we've seen him get thirty this year. I mean, I want to see twenty points out of Tristan Newton. I feel like they their guard position is a little interesting. I'm not sure who's gonna guard who. I mean, they have more. They have Mark Armstrong. They have all those like similarly sized guards. I don't know who Kyle Neptune's gonna put on Newton on Castle. It'll be interesting to see. I think that'll just about do it here. I, I actually had one more point I want to make. I feel like this game being at the Wells Fargo Center, I feel like there's gonna be a decent amount of Huskies fans in attendance down in Philly. It's only from like New Haven. It's like a what three and a half hour train ride. You can make the drive if you want. It's not MSG level for Huskies fans. It's going to certainly be a lot more Nova, but there's always UConn representation no matter where we go on the road. I don't expect anything different in this one. I'm going to, I think I'm making the trip to Philly. I'm like 99% sure there, but yeah, it's going to be a great game. It's a UConn's number one. I'm going to end this with the way I really started it. The Huskies are number one. They're, they may not be number one again for a long time after they lose their next game. This isn't something that happens every day. It's what the 10th separate occasion in program history, I believe I heard. It, I mean, it's not something that every fan gets to experience with all their programs. I just feel like the Huskies, they got to go with it and run. They got to keep that number one as long as possible. Even if it it's a month, it's another week, they lose versus Nova, they don't get it again. They just It's just a number at the end of the day but it's still something you strive for. I mean, every team in the country is looking up to you right now. I mean, that's it's a, it's a lot different than being number four or number five. It really isn't, but it is. I'm sure you guys understand what I'm trying to say. And unless you guys got anything else, I think we'll just about do it here for episode 56. Let's see. Our next game after the Nova game, we got a little break. We got eight days. We're going we're gonna to try to cook up something special for you guys in that week-long break. I'm not sure what yet. I don't want to say anything because I really have don't even know yet. But we're going to just stay posted, subscribe, post notifications. You're not going to want to miss it, whatever it is. It's going to be it's going to be one of our best episodes yet. I can guarantee you that. Even if it's not what we think it is, we're going to spin it around. We're going to do something fun, if not. But, yeah, thanks for watching episode 56, and stay tuned. Go Huskies.